Merely Podcasters presents The Tragedy of Macbeth by William Shakespeare. Act 2, Scene 1. Enter Banquo and Fleance with a torch before him. <laughs> How goes the night, boy? The moon is down. I have not heard the clock. And she goes down at twelve. I take tis later, sir. Hold, take my sword. There's husbandry in heaven. Their candles are all out. Take thee that, too. A heavy summons lies like lead upon me, and yet I would not sleep. Merciful powers restrain in me the cursed thoughts that nature gives way to in repose. Enter Macbeth and a servant with a torch. Give me my sword. Who's there? A friend. What, sir? Not yet at rest. The king's abed. He hath been in unusual pleasure and hath sent forth great largesse to your offices. This diamond he greets your wife withal by the name of the most kind hostess and shut up in measureless content. Being unprepared, our will became the servant to defect, which else should free have wrought. All's well. I dreamt last night of the three wayward sisters. To you they have showed some truth. I think not of them. Yet when we can entreat an hour to serve, we would spend it in some words upon that business, if you would grant the time. At your kindest leisure. If you shall cleave to my consent, when tis it shall make honor for you. So I lose none in seeking to augment it, but still keep my bosom franchised and allegiance clear, I shall be counseled. Good repose the while. Thanks, sir. The like to you. Exit Banquo. Go bid thy mistress, when my drink is ready, she strike upon the bell. Get thee to bed. Exit. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not. And yet I see thee still. Art thou not, fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind? A false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain. I see thee yet, in form as palpable as this which I draw now. Thou marshalest me the way that I was going, and such an instrument I was to use. Mine eyes are made the fools o' the other senses, or else worth all the rest. I see thee still, and on thy blade and dudgeon gouts of blood which was not so before. There's no such thing. It is the bloody business which informs thus to mine eyes. Now o'er the one half world nature seems dead, and wicked dreams abuse the curtain sleep. Witchcraft celebrates pale Hecate's offerings and withered murder alarmed by his sentinel, the wolf whose howl is his watch, thus with his stealthy pace, with Tarquin's ravishing sides, towards his design, moves like a ghost. Thou sure and firm-set earth, hear not my steps, which they may walk for fear thy very stones prate of my whereabout, and take the present horror from thy time, which now suits with it, whilst I threat he lives. Words to the heat of deeds too cold breath gives. A bell rings. I go, and it is done. The bell invites me. Hear it not, Duncan, for it is a knell that summons thee to heaven. 
or to hell. Exit. Scene two. Enter lady. That which hath made thee drunk hath made me bold. What hath quenched them hath given me fire. Hark, peace. It was the owl that shrieked. The fatal bellman which gives the sternst good night. He is about it. The doors are open. And the surfeited grooms do mock their charge with snores. I have drugged their possets that death and nature do contend about them, whether they live or die. Enter Macbeth. Who's there? What ho? Alack, I am afraid they have awaked, and tis not done. The attempt and not the deed confounds us. Hark, I laid their daggers ready. He could not miss him. Had he not resembled my father as he slept, I had done it. My husband? I have done the deed. Didst thou hear a noise? Heard the owls scream and the crickets cry. Did you not speak? When? Now. As I descended? Aye. Uh, hark, who lies in the second chamber? Donald Bain. This is a sorry sight. A foolish thought to say a sorry sight. There's one did laugh in sleep, and one cried murder that they did wake each other. I stood and heard them, but they did say their prayers and addressed them again to sleep. There are two lodged together. One cried, God bless us, and amen the other, as they had seen me with these hangman's hands. Listening their fear, I could not say amen when they did say it, God bless us. Consider it not so deeply. But wherefore could not I pronounce amen? I had most need of blessing, and amen stuck in my throat. These deeds must not be thought after these ways, so it will make us mad. <laughs> Methought I heard a voice cry. Sleep no more. Macbeth does murder sleep, the innocent sleep. Sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care and death of each day life. Sore labor's bath, balm of hurt minds, great nurture's second course, chief nourisher in life's feast. What do you mean? Still it cried, sleep no more to all the house. Glamour's hath murdered sleep, and therefore Cawdor shall sleep no more. Macbeth shall sleep no more. Who was that thus cried? Why, worthy Thane, you do unbend your noble strength to think so brain-sickly of things. Go get some water and wash this filthy witness from your hand. Why did you bring these daggers from the place? They must lie there. Go carry them and smear the sleepy grooms with blood. I'll go no more. I am afraid to think what I have done. Look on again, I dare not. Infirm of purpose. Give me the daggers. The sleeping and the dead are but as pictures. Tis the eye of childhood that fears a painted devil. If he do bleed, I'll gild the faces of the grooms withal, for it must seem their guilt. Exit. Knock within. Whence is that knocking? Housed with me when every noise appalls me. What hands are here? <laughs> they pluck out mine eyes. Will all great Neptune's oceans wash this blood clean from my hand? No, this my hand will rather the multitudinous sea incarnadine, making the green one red. Enter lady. My hands are of your color, but I shame to wear a heart so white. Knock. I hear a knocking at the south entry. Retire we to our chamber. A little water clears us of this deed. How easy is it then? Your constancy hath left you unattended. Knock. Mark, more knocking. Get on your nightgown, lest occasion call us and show us to be watchers. Be not lost so poorly in your thoughts. To know my deed. Knock. Were best not to know myself. Wake, Duncan, with thy knocking. I would thou couldst. All exit. Scene three. Enter a porter knocking within. Here's a knocking indeed. If a man were porter of Hellgate, he should have old turning the key. 
Knock. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there in the name of Beelzebub? Oh, here's a farmer that hanged himself on the expectation of plenty. <gasps> Come in time. I've napkins enough about ya. Here you'll sweat for it. Knock. Knock, knock. Who's there in the other devil's name? Faith. Here's an equivocator. I could swear in both the scales against either scale, who committed treason enough for God's sake, yet could not equivocate to heaven. Oh, come in, equivocator. Knock. Knock, 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 who's there? Faith, here's an English tailor come here for stealing out of a French horse. Oh, come in, tailor. Here you may roast your goose. Knock. Knock, knock, never quiet. What are you? Oh, but this place is too cold for hell. I'll devil porter it no further. I had thought, Devlet, in some of all professions that go the primrose way to the everlasting bonfire. Knock. Anon, anon, I pray you remember the porter. Enter Macduff and Lennox. Was it so late, friend, ere you went to bed that you do lie so late? Faith, sir, we are carousing till the second cock. And drink, sir, is a great provoker of three things. What three things does drink especially provoke? Marry, sir. Nose painting, sleep, and urine. <laughs> Lechery. Sir, it provokes and unprovokes. It provokes the desire, but it takes away the performance. Therefore, much drink may be said to be an equivocator with lechery. It makes him and it mars him. It sets him off and it takes him off. It persuades him and disheartens him. Makes him stand to and oh, not stand to. In conclusion, equivocates him in a sleep and, giving him the lie, leaves him. I believe drink gave thee the lie last night. That it did, sir, in the very throat of me. But I requited him for his lie, and I think being too strong for him, though he took up my legs some time, yet I made a shift to cast him. Enter Macbeth. Is thy master stirring? A knocking has awaked him. Here he comes. Good morrow, noble sir. Good morrow, both. Is the king stirring, worthy vain? Uh, not yet. He did command me to call timely on him. I have almost slipped the hour. I'll bring you to him. I know this is a joyful trouble to you, but yet tis one. The labor we delight in, physics pain, this is the door. I'll make so bold to call, for tis my limited service. Exit, Macduff. Goes the king hence today? Uh, he does. He did appoint so. Night has been unruly. Where we lay, our chimneys were blown down, and, as they say, lamentings heard in the air. Strange schemes of death and prophesying, with accents terrible, of dire combustion and confused events, new hatched to the woeful time. The obscure bird clamored the live-long night. Some say the earth was feverous and did shake. T'was a rough night. My young remembers cannot parallel a fellow to it. Enter Macduff. Oh, horror! 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 Tongue nor heart cannot conceive nor name thee! What's, What's the, the matter? matter? Confusion now hath made his masterpiece. More sacrilegious murder hath broke ope the Lord's anointed temple and stole thence the life of the building! What is you say? The life? Mean you his majesty? Approach the chamber and destroy your sight with a new gorgon! Do not bid me speak. 
See, and then speak yourselves. Awake! Awake! Exit Macbeth and Lennox. Ring the alarm bell, murder and treason, Penko and Donald Bane. Malcolm, awake! Shake off this downy sleep. Death's counterfeit and look on death itself. Up, up and see the great doom's image. Malcolm, Banquo, as from your graves, rise up and walk like spirits to countenance this horror. Ring the bell! Bell rings. Enter lady. What's the business that such a hideous trumpet calls to parley the sleepers of the house? Speak, speak! Oh, gentle lady, tis not for you to hear what I can speak. The repetition in a woman's ear would murder as it fell. Enter Banquo. Oh, Banquo, Banquo, our royal master's murdered! Whoa, alas, what, in our house? Too cruel anywhere! Dear Duff, I prithee contradict thyself, and say it is not so! Enter Macbeth, Lennox, and Ross. Had I but died an hour before this chance, I had lived a blessed time. For from this instant there is nothing serious in mortality. All is but toys. Renown and grace is dead, and the wine of life is drawn, and the mere lees is left this vault to brag of. Enter Malcolm and Dunalbane. What is amiss? You are, and do not note. The spring, the head, the fountain of your blood is stopped. The very source of it is stopped. Your royal father's murdered. By whom? Those of his chamber, as it seemed, had done it. Their hands and faces were all badged with blood, so were their daggers, which, unwiped, we found upon their pillows. They stared and were distracted. No man's life was to be trusted with them. Oh, yet do repent me of my fury that I did kill them. Wherefore did you so? Who can be a wise, amazed, temperate and furious, loyal and neutral in a moment? No man. The expedition of my violent love outrun the pauser. Reason. Here lay Duncan, his silver skin laced with his golden blood, and his gashed stabs looked like a breach in nature for ruin's wasteful entrance. There, the murderers steeped in the colors of their trade, their daggers unmannerly breached with gore. Who could refrain that had a heart to love, and in that heart courage to make love known? Help me hence, ho! Look to the lady. Why do we hold our tongues? That most may claim this argument for ours. What should be spoken here, where our fate hid in an auger hole, may rush and seize us. Let's away. Our tears are not yet brewed. Nor our strong sorrow upon the foot of motion. Look to the lady. And when we have our naked frailties hid that suffer in exposure, let us meet and question this most bloody piece of work to know it further. Fears and scruples shake us. In the great hand of God I stand, and thence, against the undivulged pretense, I fight of treasonous malice. And so do I. So all. Let's briefly put on manly readiness and meet in the hall together. Well contented. All exit. What will you do? Let's not consort with them. To show an unfelt sorrow is an office which the false man does easy. I'll to England. To Ireland, I. Our separated fortune shall keep us both the safer. Where we are, there's daggers and men's smiles. The near in blood, the nearer bloody. This murderous shaft that shot hath not yet lighted, and our safest way is to avoid the aim. Therefore, to horse, and let us not be dainty of plea of taking, but shift away. There's warrant in that theft, which steals itself, 
when there's no mercy left. They exit. Scene four. Enter Ross with an old man. Three score and ten I can remember well, within the volume of which time I have seen hours dreadful and things strange. But this sore night hath trifled former knowings. <laughs> Good father, thou seest the heavens is troubled with man's act, threatens his bloody stage by the clocktest day, and yet dark night strangles the traveling lamp. Is night's predominance or the day's shame that darkness does the face of earth entomb when living light should kiss it? Tis unnatural, even like the deed that's done. On Tuesday last, a falcon, towering in her pride of place, was by a mousing owl hawked at and killed. And Duncan's horses, a thing most strange and certain, Beauteous and swift, the minions of their race turned wild in nature, broke their stalls, flung out, contending against obedience as they would make war with mankind. Tis said they ate each other. They did so, to the amazement of mine eyes that looked upon it. Enter Macduff. Here comes the good Macduff. How goes the world, sir, now? I see you not. Is to known who did this more than bloody deed? Those that Macbeth hath slain. Alas, the day. What good could they pretend? They were suburned? Malcolm and Donalbane, the king's two sons, are stolen away and fled, which puts upon them suspicion of the deed. Against nature still, thriftless ambition that will raven up thine own lives' means. Then tis most like the sovereignty will fall upon Macbeth. He is already named and gone to Scone to be invested. Where is Duncan's body? Carried to Colmkill, the sacred storehouse of his predecessors and guardian of their bones. Will you to Scone? No, cousin, I'll to Fife. Well, I will thither. Well, may you see things well done there. Adieu, lest our old robes sit easier than our new. Farewell, father. God's benison go with you, and with those that would make good of bad, and friends of foes. All exit. In Act Two, the role of Banquo was played by Rachel Massbauer. Fleance was played by Mira Singer. Macbeth was played by Zyra Owen Boylan. Lady Macbeth was played by Magdalene Zinke. Porter was played by Max Fine. Macduff was played by Zyra Owen Boylan. Lennox was played by Mira Singer. Donalbane was played by Max Fine. Malcolm was played by E.J. Cotler. Old Man was played by Rachel Messbauer. Ross was played by Lauren Elizabeth. And stage directions were read by Vex. Merely Podcasters was created by Grace Tartislavich and Mira Singer, and produced by Grace Tartislavich, Mira Singer, and Vex.